episode 295, bonus edition, interview with Heidi Davis. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying in power. Bring on today's lesson. Welcome to the Always a Lesson summer interview series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Hey, Elite Educators, Gretchen here, ready to empower you to reach your potential. You are elite, and I keep telling you that. I'm reminding you of that. I'm putting it out into the universe that you continue to invest in yourself. Listening to a podcast like this is one way to do that. Connecting with people who are guests on my show is another way to do that. And today is going to be no different. I'm excited to have a guest appearance. I want to help you reignite that passion and potential and continue to help you learn and grow. You are going to meet another elite educator named Heidi Davis. I want to tell you a little bit more about her and then we'll jump into the interview. So Heidi's been teaching for 10 years. She taught sixth grade, been a reading interventionist, an instructional coach, and then hopped back into the classroom teaching her favorite grade, third grade. She's married to her high school sweetheart, and they've got two cute kids. They live in a really small town in West Virginia and love to spend time outdoors and be with family. Her favorite pastime is reading, and she's really passionate about helping teachers find their way through the difficult times and find their way back to loving teaching again. I'm excited to share her with you because I've been watching her story unfold. She's someone really exciting to connect with on social media as she is not just an educator. She has all these other facets of her life that she shares and she's doing such great work for educators, for women, and faith is a big piece of the puzzle too. So let's dive in and hear her story and her empowering message. Hey Heidi, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I'm excited for everyone else to get to know you. I've been following you on social media a bit. So let's start off with how did our paths cross? And then I'll ask you a little bit more about your journey as an educator. Sure. Um, Well, really through Instagram, Mm -hmm. I started following you. Um, I attended the virtual Simply Coaching Summit Uh last year, I believe, last summer. And ever since then have kind of just followed you and we've conversed on there and 
I've just enjoyed kind of getting to know you through there. Um, so I'm excited to be here and be able to talk with you more. Yeah, I have enjoyed watching you too, because you have a great balance of sharing your professional life, but your personal life. And that is true for all of us. We are humans. We have all these aspects to ourselves, and especially in leadership, like in order to have an impact, we really have to get to know people as humans first. And as classroom teachers, we have to get to know our students as humans first. So I commend you on kind of the way you've set up sharing your life professionally and personally. Well, thank you so much. You as well. Uh, tell us, where did you start in terms of your experience? And then tell us about how you jumped into leadership and then come back to the classroom. Okay. Um, well, whenever I first started teaching, I started in the classroom teaching sixth grade um, and kind of bounced around, taught sixth grade, went to reading intervention and ended up in third grade. And I feel like I really found the grade that I loved, but it was then COVID happened and we were out of the classroom and in the classroom and it was a very stressful time to be a teacher as well as a mom. Um, so I took a year off uh, from teaching and then by Christmas realized I missed it. <laughs> so an instructional coaching position came open, which is was new to our county. Um, and I thought, oh, this sounds like a great way to still be in the schools, but I was able to work part-time and did that for half of a school year. And I really enjoyed that. But then position came open for third grade at a school I had been wanting to teach at within our district and applied and got myself back into the classroom this year and really enjoyed being back with students full-time, um, love the staff that I work with, um, and I'm just excited to, to be back in the classroom and really feel like I have a purpose again. Yeah, and I think what's going to make you an even better teacher this go-around is that experience as an interventionist and as a coach and also taking time to be at home because it all frames your perspective. You appreciate things more. You savor things more. You look at things differently. Um, and so would you agree that having different roles in education can really make you a stronger educator? Oh, definitely. Because, I mean, working as an interventionist and a coach, you get to work with with multiple teachers and with the principal and different staff. So you kind of do, you get a different view from what it's like to be in the classroom, out of the classroom and working with different age levels. So it really kind of helps round you out as an educator because you know what's, what's expected of the kids as you are passing them along. So I feel like you kind of have a better long-term view of where where you you fall in the track of the students um, going through the education system. Yeah, that makes sense. And in terms of supporting teachers as a specialist or an interventionist and then as a coach, like what's the differentiator there? I know you're working side by side with educators, but uh, some schools only have one and you kind of have to do dual roles. So how do you see those two different? As an interventionist and a coach? Yes. Um, well, we have, as a coach, we have only had one, one coach. So I was it when I was coaching for all schools, elementary, middle, and high. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, so that was a, a, a neat and different experience. And then working <laughs> as an interventionist, we have, we have those at each school. So I was able to just focus on the lower grade levels for that. So it can be both positions are kind of overwhelming, especially if for like coaching, it was just me. I had nobody really to even bounce ideas off of, and I was kind of just creating my own path. Um, so I know if that's 
of other people out there that are kind of going through the sim- similar situation, like my advice to them is to just get connected with other coaches. Um, and I feel like I did that through Instagram, mainly just finding other coaches and getting ideas from there and attending conferences. Whereas interventionists, I feel like you have at least other teachers to kind of work with, bounce ideas off of and help you find your way. Um, and you're kind of working more with children and then interventionist with I, which I enjoyed. Mm. Whereas coaching, it's all adults. Yeah, that makes total sense. As you're kind of transitioning out, in and out of these different roles, what would you say is the best lesson you learned either about yourself or about just education as a whole? Um, I would say go with the flow <laughs> is one of my biggest lessons I have taken away from education in general, um, because you never know from day to day, what's going to happen, um, what may interrupt your day. You have these wonderful lesson plans laid out and then a kid had a bad night or there's a fire drill or you never know what might happen. So going with the flow and, and being able to be flexible, same way in all these other positions that I've done. I mean, I feel like that's one attribute that I bring to a school is I'm flexible. I don't, I don't, get my feathers too ruffled. And I would say that would be the biggest advice that I would give somebody is just be able to go with the flow and be flexible because you just never know what, what the day is going to bring. Yeah. That's a good point. And I was thinking about how you've been able to collaborate with so many different teachers, whether you were in your classroom or interventionist working with kids or coaching And you're noticing lots of different styles to teaching. Are there characteristics of an educator that you noticed and were like, oh, this person's going to be great, or I know this person's great because they demonstrate X, Y, Z. I want to hear your perspective on, you know, what those things would be. The biggest thing I would say is somebody who's able to connect with the, with the kids to build those relationships. And I know we've heard that a lot before is relationships first and education second. And for me, I feel like that's so true because children are only going to learn from somebody that they, they feel that they can trust, that they know cares for them. So whenever I see somebody who is building those relationships and, and talking with the kids, not just about school, but like we're all down recess and having a conversation, how did practice go? Oh, how was your game? Um, and just knowing what's going on in, in your students' lives, I think makes a huge difference in the impact your education is going to be able to make because you have that bond and that relationship going. So I I think that is one big difference that I see in educators in their impact is if they have those relationships. Yeah. And I feel like every conference or every book we read, they all say Mm -hmm. build relationships, but it's so, that's such a vague statement, right? But what it really (laughs) means is just get invested and listen and share a little bit about yourself and have them share a little bit about themselves. And through the back and forth is how that relationship grows. And it doesn't have to be these big moments or this big exercise. It could just be these tiny moments throughout the day. But the more we get to know people, I mean, we're in the people business, the better yep. chance we have at helping all of that come to fruition. Um, so I'm glad that you you were mentioning the relationship piece. Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, Hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. If you had to give your younger educator self 
like when you first started teaching some advice now that you've had different roles and now that you're coming back into teaching um, into the classroom space, what would you tell yourself? Several things I feel <laughs> the yeah. would be like, don't take yourself too seriously. I feel like yes. sometimes as we go in brand new, we feel like we have to be perfect and and have all the answers and you're never going to, (laughs) you're, you're never going to get it all right. You're, you're going to be up front and, and mess up words or the board isn't going to work. And you just have to be able to laugh at yourself. And I feel like, again, that's what helps your students just see like you're a real person um, and you're approachable um, because you, you just know that you can't be perfect. So that would definitely be my first thing that I would tell myself is just don't take yourself too seriously. It'll be okay. Um, And then also like, it's okay to ask for help because again, that kind of goes along with, we feel like we have to be perfect, but it's okay to ask for help. It's okay not to know. It's okay to reach out um, and, and get advice from veteran teachers. Sometimes I feel like there can be kind of a divide because you're the newbie and these are the veterans and they, they know what to do and you don't, but I think if we can just build relationships with even our coworkers um, and just have that conversation going, it's going to make a world of difference. Oh, absolutely. And thinking about yourself and needing advice or someone you can go to, are you utilizing the same mentors you used when you were in classroom the first time? Or do you have people you've met along the way as an interventionist or a coach who now have kind of become your PLN and who you go to for ideas or inspiration? Yeah, I think it's changed. Um, Some people are the same as I'm working in a new school. I kind of have some now fresh ideas and new faces that I can bounce ideas off of that are right there in my school. Um, So that's, that's been kind of a nice change is just to have these fresh, fresh voices that are there and they can share what they've done. Um, Cause I'm doing different things in my classroom than I've done before. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really because of this new school that I'm in and the ideas they've, they have, um, and that have been able to share with me. And I feel like I'm um, having all these different people that I've been able to go to throughout the years have just made me a more well-rounded teacher. And I also follow a lot of different educators on Instagram. So I Mm -hmm. feel like that's kind of how I get some of my ideas is all these young teachers now are out there sharing all these ideas and it's a great resource. I always say, I wish we could get professional development for like going on Pinterest or Instagram and (laughs) getting all these ideas. (laughs) That is so true. I mean, we need to continue to learn and grow. Things are always changing. Curriculum changes, initiatives change. You're in a different school. So that's changing. So it's important that we don't just say, oh, I've taught, you know, so many years, I'm good to go. You know, you're continuing to sharpen the saw. Um, And you mentioned Instagram and Pinterest and going to a virtual conference, but how else do you try and stay on top of what's happening? What's a current best practice? What's the new and latest in literacy or, you know, just for an example. Sure. I listen to podcasts also. I walk a lot. So I would kind of put that in or listen to uh, a book and really just, I feel like staying connected to other educators is one of the best ways for me personally to just kind of stay relevant um, and see what's out there and what's new, what they've tried, what worked. So I can't say there's really any one main place that I go to is kind of here, there and everywhere because everybody just has a different idea and a different view. And I think the more 
places that we can get that information, the better we're going to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing you do really well to make sure you are the best you can be is is balance your personal and professional life. Um, So tell us a little bit about what you do personally to rejuvenate yourself, to help other people, to stay healthy, um, all that good stuff. Yeah, Uh, it definitely is a balance. Sometimes it feels a little out of balance, but Mm -hmm. um, just spending time with my family. I have two kids and they are just growing faster than I like. People warned me, but I didn't listen. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) But spending time with my family, um, we're a big sports family. So between ball games and practices and vacations we can take together is really a big way that I kind of find that balance. We live in a small town and have both my parents and my in-laws here close. So a lot of family time. Yeah. Uh, really helps me as well as the kids have them they can go to. So if I need some downtime, um, they can go spend time with grandparents and I can have some alone time, take a hot bath and read a book and just let, let my mind calm down. Um, go on a lot of walks. Also walking is a great time for me to clear clear my head. And like I said, listen to books. I rarely ever listen to music. Some people find that weird <laughs> to <laughs> exercise okay. and not listen to music. But um, I just, I don't know. I'd, I'd prefer to listen to a book or a podcast and, and kind of let my mind wander there. So um, yeah, just family and, and taking walks are kind of my big things right now. I don't have a lot of time for anything else being a busy mom, but <laughs> oh yeah. And how are you helping the community? Cause I always see your post working with other women to, you know, empower them to feel better about themselves. What are you doing to do that? Like self-care and, and whatnot? Yeah, I share a lot, um, on Instagram and I have, um, a side hustle that I do Neora, and it's all about making people better. So, um, I connect with people through that as well as go to different conferences and things with them. And it's kind of a skincare, uh, wellness, So it's one way that I can connect and encourage others to take care of themselves. Um, And I do a lot of devotionals and kind of have this whole morning routine. So I I like to also connect with women on on that level too of like self-care. Like it's important that we are having that downtime or that me time so we can rejuvenate ourselves. So just kind of encouraging and reaching out to people in that way. I do that again, a lot on social media and then in our own town, um, have friends that I connect with and just being able to spend time with them and just encourage one another because it truly does take a village and I'm lucky to have a good one. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking how many people might listen to this and think, how does she have the time? You're at ball games. You've got extended family nearby. Now you're doing this business. Plus you're in the classroom. Like, how are you able to be great at all these different aspects? Because I know a lot of folks would love any tips or strategies you use to ensure you have the energy and the bandwidth to do a great job in all aspects of our lives. Oh, well, I will say some days are better than others. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, and social media can make it look like you're doing it all and doing it perfect. And I assure you I'm not. But again, I feel like my go with the flow is just kind of It goes in the classroom as well as in life because yeah, life is crazy. It is busy, but it's only for a short while I feel. So it it just goes so fast. So my advice is just to find 
your joy, find what brings you joy and be able to do that. Um, whether that is reading a book or going on a walk or taking a bubble bath, but just finding those little moments throughout the day where you can do something you enjoy, because like they say, you can't pour from an empty cup. So I think you enjoy those, the busyness better whenever you also have some downtime. So I, I encourage people to get up earlier than you think you need to and have, I always have about a half an hour of a morning to myself to drink my coffee, do my devotions. Um, I look at my memories on Facebook because I love to see my kids' little faces. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just go with the flow and find that those moments for me time um, so you can enjoy everything else. That's good. What do you think is next for you? I mean, you've tried other roles outside of the classroom. You've come back. What do you think uh, is next for yourself in terms of what will continue to help you grow and learn? Um, I am uh, definitely staying in third grade, um, but I do just, yeah, I want to stay connected with people in other roles um, and just stay current as I can with things that are out there so I can implement new things as well as I want to just get better at things I'm already doing in my classroom. Um, just so I know each day I'm being a better educator than I was maybe the day before or even last year. So I think focusing, whenever you kind of focus on yourself and your, what you're doing to make your impact and not, not compare, that's a big thing. Um, just not compare yourself and focus on being better each day and each school year. So you can make that lasting difference in a kid's life is just, is my personal goal. I, I want to know if I've made a difference and I have a purpose and I feel like teaching it has definitely brought me that. So well said. Well, Heidi, I want to be respectful of your time, but before I let you go, I want to ask you one more question. And that is how do you reignite that passion and the potential you have as an educator? Well, for me personally, it is, I don't know, just taking that break and being able to reflect. So whether you're able to take a break from teaching or just have this break over summer to just kind of reflect and and remind yourself of, of the impact that we have as educators. There's so many people that are, are leaving this, this profession and it, it breaks my heart because we can make such a difference. We are with some people's kids more than they are when we are, we're with them for seven, eight hours a day, and we can make a big difference in kids' lives as well as parents' lives. So being able to find, I'm trying to think about how I want to word this, um, just knowing that I'm making a difference is my spark and my purpose. And I, I've always said, I would just want to make a difference in others' lives. And for me, that is my spark. And I feel like each person maybe needs to find their own, mm -hmm. um, figure out what ignites you and what drives you and what motivates you. Um, because teaching is definitely a self-motivated career. You're not going to get a lot of pats on the back or mm -hmm. things like that. So you have to find a way to be okay to not always be recognized for the hard work that we put in. Um, and that's a challenge in something that I feel like taking my time out of the classroom really helped me to realize is it's what I'm doing. And I know I'm making a difference. And I want to 
I want to continue to do that. So I think it's going to be different for each person. So it's hard for me to answer, but I would just take time to just reflect and do things that bring you joy and rest up. And next year, go in with a purpose, set your purpose for next school year and just continue to stay motivated towards that. Yeah. And I think what I've learned from you sharing kind of your daily routine is you are very intentional. You start your day early on purpose. You spend time by yourself to fill yourself up, even though you've got a a busy family and they all need to go somewhere and, and your husband to his job and yours to your job. And it's a, it's a bit about taking time to decide like you said, reflect, how are things going? Am I doing what I love? You've taken a few timeouts by changing up your instructional role or taking time off completely and allowing yourself the balance of having this side hustle allows you to find creativity and connection in a new way. And so I think if anyone listening to your story has a big takeaway, it's that you're creating time and space in your day to do the thinking and to reevaluate and to shift and to go in saying, this is my intention for the day, and this is what I want to do, and and just having a one-on-one meeting with yourself. And I think that has been really powerful and maybe one of the reasons you're able to find so much balance. So I'm thankful you shared a little bit about your story and your routine, because yeah. I think, you know, even though it might look different for someone else, they can still kind of follow that same same idea. Very true. Yeah. I like how you said intentional, because ironically, that was Uh, my word of the year, I always said a word of the year was (laughs) intentional. Um, So you're so right. And thank you for kind of taking all of my words and putting them (laughs) together so beautifully. (laughs) But yeah, definitely uh, just, yeah, be intentional, um, whether it's home life or school life and to find that balance. So that was perfectly said. Thank you. Well, on behalf (laughs) of elite educators everywhere, we want to thank you for your time, for sharing your story. Can you tell us where to connect with you? If they want to follow your story, if they want to ask questions, if they just want to watch what you're doing, uh, where can they go? Sure. I am mainly on Instagram and it's Heidi M. Davis. Um, And yes, I share a lot about myself, my family, my dogs and school (laughs) a lot of inspiration. I'm on Facebook as well, Heidi Davis. So you can find me both of those places. And I am soon, hopefully going to be putting out um, a devotional actually for teacher moms. Yeah. So keep your eyes posted. I've had it written for a while. um, But talking with you and stuff is kind of wanting me to push and get out there and just be more intentional. Um, So hopefully if you follow me on one of those two places, you'll be seeing that coming out this year. Oh, I'm so glad. That's amazing. Another way to contribute and give back. So thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for empowering us today. And we hope to connect with you soon. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Wasn't it exciting to meet and listen to Heidi? She's so sweet and so kind. Just what a good soul putting out such goodness into the world. I hope you listen to her story and think about how it might apply to yours and what you might do differently for this upcoming school year to better lead students or lead staff and make sure you are putting yourself first, even if it's just for a few minutes every day. I highly encourage you to connect with Heidi, especially if she's going to send you that devotional. That would be a great new thing to add into your routine to really ensure you keep a balanced mind and perspective as the crazy year begins. Uh, Make sure you go to the show notes, alwayslesson.com, click on podcast, find this episode, and you'll see all the links there. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Heidi Davis. Now go out and be great because you've just been 
Empowered. Empowered.